Well, good morning. It is Monday, February 26, 2024. Monday, February 26, 2024. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, one month from today, I will have my 1,000th episode. And uh, by the way, happy anniversary. We just entered the third year of the war in Ukraine. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV podcast and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you. In case I haven't told you that before. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you uh, today or tomorrow. That would be fantastic. And you can tweet to me or X to me. Questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. Uh, so... <clears throat> Let's uh, start. I got a lot of stuff today. A lot of stuff. More than usual. We're going to go an hour. We're going to go an hour. I can't go over an hour. It won't let me record longer than an hour. So we got to We got to keep it under an hour. <clears throat> uh, the prime, uh, We're going to start with Ukraine, of course. Uh, the prime ministers of Italy, Canada, Belgium, Georgia Maloney, Justin Trudeau, and Alexander de Croo. And the president of the European uh, Commission, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, traveled to the Ukrainian capital together by train from neighboring Poland in a show of solidarity on the anniversary of the invasion. Uh, Von der Leyen has praised Ukraine's extraordinary resistance as she arrived in Kyiv. Maloney and Trudeau are expected to sign security pacts with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, in line with deals recently agreed to with uh, France and Germany that are worth billions of dollars. Biden is due to take part in a video conference call of fellow leaders of the Group of Seven Major Democracies, which will be chaired by Maloney, with uh, Zelensky invited to join the discussion. Italy holds the rotating G7 presidency and organize the call. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has called for Germany and Europe to make a bigger effort when it comes to defense. Russia is not only attacking Ukraine, it is also destroying peace in Europe. That's what Scholz said. Uh, Adding that Ukraine would be supporting in its self-defense for as long as uh, necessary. The UN Human Rights Monitoring Mission in Ukraine says at least 10,582 civilians have been killed and nearly 20,000 have been wounded since the start of the war. Uh, Yesterday, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that 31,000 Ukrainian troops have been killed since Russia began its invasion. It's the first time Zelensky has publicly confirmed the number of Ukrainian military deaths since Russia starts its full-scale invasion two years ago. He said, 31,000 Ukrainian military personnel have been killed in this war. Not 300,000, not 150,000, not whatever Putin and his deceitful circle have been lying about. But nevertheless, each of these losses is a great sacrifice for us. But I cannot say how many wounded we have because Russia will know how many people have left the battlefield. I just cannot say. Uh, The U.S. estimates are about double that for the uh, death toll. Uh, And this, apparently, something Putin was afraid of. He was afraid of a free Navalny. Alexei Navalny's, uh, Navalny's allies have alleged that Vladimir Putin 
had the opposition leader killed and jailed to sabotage a prisoner swap in which Navalny would have been exchanged for a convicted hitman jailed in Germany. Maria Pevchik, a close ally of the opposition leader Navalny, said in a video that Navalny and two U.S. nationals were in line to be exchanged for Vadim Krasikov a Russian FSB security service hitman who is serving a life sentence in Germany for the assassination of a Chechen former separatist in Berlin. Pevchik said Navalny should have been free in the next few days because we had secured a decision to exchange him. I received confirmation that the negotiations were at their final stage on the evening of the 15th of February. Pevchik alleged that Navalny was killed because the Russian president could not tolerate the thought of him being free. She said, I'm telling you this story so that you have an answer to the question of why Navalny was killed now. She claimed Putin decided to get rid of the object of the bargaining by killing Navalny so that Krasikov could be exchanged for someone else. She said, it's absolutely illogical. It's the behavior of a mad mafioso. By the way, uh, I I believe they said, uh, uh, at least Russia has claimed that uh, it was a blood clot that killed Navalny. That's what they're claiming. And now, could we get an escalation? Slovak Prime Minister Robert Fico said today that several NATO and European Union members are considering sending soldiers to Ukraine on a bilateral basis. Fico, who has uh, long opposed military supplies to Ukraine and has taken a position seen by some critics as pro-Russian, offered no details, and other European leaders did not immediately comment on his remarks. Fico told a televised briefing after a meeting of Slovakia's Security Council, I will limit myself to say that these... Uh, in preparing for the Paris meeting imply a number of NATO and EU member states are considering that they will send their troops to Ukraine on a bilateral basis. I cannot say for what purpose and what they should be doing there. Adding that Slovakia, a member of the EU and the NATO military alliance would not be sending soldiers to Ukraine. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron has invited European leaders to the uh, Alliance Palace for um, a working meeting announcing a short notice be- uh, on short notice because of what his advisors say is an escalation in Russian aggression over the past few weeks. About 20 European leaders, including FICO, will gather in Paris to send Russian President Vladimir Putin a message of European resolve on Ukraine and counter the Kremlin's nor- narrative that Russia is bound to win. Of course, Russia will respond to this ridiculous allegation as if it were true that uh, um, that uh, these these countries are going to be sending soldiers there. Uh, not Certainly not to fight. Uh, it could be in a supportive role, I suppose. Uh, Russian forces launched 28 attacks on Ukraine's northeastern Sumy province, targeting five communities. Regional Governor Ole Keeper wrote on social media at least one man was killed in a Russian drone attack in the south, uh, southern city of Odessa, adding that three other people were wounded. Russian strikes also killed one civilian in the town of uh, Mirnorod in the Donetsk province and two others in the southeastern city of Dnipro. Uh, footage posted to social media showed warehouses on fire belonging to Sukhoi and 
uh, excuse me, Sukhoi in Moscow's Begolvoy district on Saturday. The company is involved in development, production, marketing, and training of flight personnel after sales, service, and combat in civilian aircraft of the SU, the Sukhoi, and the BE, Bereve, brands of, of planes. Uh, on the 23rd of February, Ukraine's defense forces shut down a Russian A-50 AWACS aircraft. Uh, Ukrainian forces shot down uh, the Russian A-50 using a Soviet-era uh, S-200 surface-to-air uh, missile system. Uh, DIU reported that five more Russian aircraft were recalled from combat operations after the A-50 had been shot down. A crew of 10 Russians were killed uh, in the uh, uh, Russian uh, A-50, AU-50 uh, plane. Airborne Warning and Control System, AWACS aircraft shot down on the 23rd of February. Uh, Kirill Budinov, head of Ukraine's defense intelligence, explained that there are only six A-50 aircraft left in Russia, and if another one is is lost, the Russian military will be unable to operate them continuously. Six more, two complete rotations. Should another fall around the clock, duty will have been stopped. Uh, And I believe that was it. Uh, Budinov asserted that the operation was prepared for several weeks, but not planned for the 23rd of February in particular, as they were waiting for the plane, not the date. This means Russia is hobbled right now. Ukrainian Air Force Commander Mikola Oleschuk wrote on Mikola, yeah, wrote on a telegram: the A-50 with the call sign Bayan has flown its last. Intervax Ukraine cited military sources as saying the A-50 had been downed on Russian territory between Rostov-on-Don and Krasnodar region by the Ukrainian Air Force and its intelligence directorate. Some military bloggers have said it was mistakenly downed by Russian forces in what would be the loss of the second such aircraft in just over a month. Uh, Ukraine's defense ministry's latest figure on Saturday state that uh, the Russians have lost 340 jets since the start of the war. The defense ministry also said the, that uh, Moscow had uh, struck 103 settlements and 79 infrastructure facilities in 10 regions between Friday and Saturday. Uh, that wasn't the only plane down, by the way. Uh, footage shared on social media showed the wreckage of a Sukhoi Su-34 plane in Hynechesk uh, district of Ukraine's Kherson region. Eyewitnesses said the fighter jet went down just after 10 p.m. Friday. Crimean uh, Wind Telegram Channel said the plane had vanished from radar screens at an alt- altitude of 6,000 feet above the Hynechesk desert, desert after launching missiles at Ukrainian cities. At least four fire engines and ambulances went to the crash site. Uh, the Russian Defense Ministry said Russian troops have captured the Ukrainian village of Lestoshny, about five kilometers northwest of Avdivka. Earlier today, Ukraine's military said it had retreated from the village of Lestoshny uh, in eastern Ukraine, saying the move would help it better contain Russian troops westwards advance. The Kostyantinivka railway station, along with more than a dozen houses and shops, were damaged in Russia's shelling at the beginning of the third year of Russia's full-scale invasion. As Radio Svoboda reported, 
Police said that one person was injured in the Donetsk region, industrial city. Russian military allegedly targeted with S-300 missiles Sunday morning. The police said the railway station building, a church, two private and 12 apartment buildings, 21 shops, 19 trade pavilions, three educational institutions, two administrative buildings, a post office, and a kiosk were destroyed. In Selodovo, another city in the Donetsk region, a cafe was reported damaged in in Russian airstrikes. Uh, Ukrainian forces reported at the beginning of the night the enemy tried with the help of tactical aviation from the Black Sea to destroy our air defense system for which they used KH-31P missiles, but they were shot down over the sea. Following the missile attacks, the Russians sent two waves of drone attacks with an interval of more than two hours. At first, kamikaze drones of Shahid-131 and 136 types were headed for Crimea in the direction of Dnipropetrovsk region uh, through the Mykolaiv region and the Kherson region. Uh, in the next wave, they tried to sneak through the temporarily uh, occupied Kherson region to the central region and then head west. Uh, in the Mykolaiv region, debris from a downed UAV damaged a power line. Uh, in total, the Russian army launched 18 Shahid drones across Ukraine. Ukrainian forces reported anti-aircraft uh, defenses shot down 16 of them, the Air Force said the Russian t- attacks were foiled in Poltova, Zaporizhia, Kiev, Kherson, Mykolaiv, uh, Kirovorod, uh, uh, Kamelsky, Dnipetrovsk uh, uh, regions. Russia launched 14 attack drones and a barrage of missiles at Ukraine over Sunday night and Monday morning with air defense systems destroying nine drones as well as three guided missiles over the Kharkiv and Dnipropetrovsk regions. Ukraine's Air Force said Russia also launched two S-300 missiles from anti-aircraft missile systems and one air-to-surface KH-31P missile. Now that I have your attention, 15 minutes in... Let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Uh, I need some coffee. I, a lot more pages to go. A lot more pages to go. Actually, not using pages. Using an iPad. I no longer print these. I used to print every morning. I used to print them. <coughs> Yesterday, an unidentified man in Washington, D.C. set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in what may have been a desperate act of protest against the ongoing military assault and humanitarian crisis in the Gaza Strip. The police said an adult male was transported to D.C. fire and EMS to a a local hospital where he remained in critical condition. He died this morning. Self-emoliation. We've come to this. Uh, He he live-streamed it. Of course, as people do nowadays, he live-streamed it. He introduced himself as an active-duty member of the U.S. Air Force and said, I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I am about to engage in an extreme act of protest. And as he doused himself in liquid, uh, he lit himself on fire. He repeatedly yelled, Free Palestine, Free Palestine, Free Palestine, Free Palestine. He live-streamed it on social media platform Twitch at the time that the police said they responded to the incident. Self-emoliation. Lawyers in Germany 
representing representing Palestinian families, announced Friday that they are suing senior German officials, including Chancellor Olaf Scholz, for aiding and abetting Israel's genocide in Gaza. The criminal complaint filed Thursday with federal prosecutors in Karush, uh, Karush, Karushru, Karushru, I think, uh, K-A-R-I-S-R-U-H-E, I don't know. Uh, in the southwestern state of uh, Baden-Württemberg, accuses Schultz, Foreign Minister Annalena Burbach, Defense Minister Boris Pistorius, and e- Economy uh, Minister Robert Haybach of complicity in the genocide in Gaza by approving the export of approximately $350 million worth of military aid to Israel. The suit also lists the German government's diplomatic support for Israel and its suspension of payments in the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine refugees in the uh, Near East, even as Israeli forces have killed and maimed over 100,000 Palestinians. Forcibly displaced around 90% of the besieged strips, uh, 2.3 million people, obliterated the territory's infrastructure and pushed hundreds of thousands of Gazans to the brink of starvation. Uh, Nadia Seymour, a Palestinian German lawyer who co-filed the suit, said Friday, Our governments in Europe have a legal obligation not to provide Israel any support in perpetrating the current genocide against the Palestinian people in Gaza. This has to stop, and this is what we hope to achieve by going to court. This lawsuit sends a clear message to German officials. You cannot continue to remain accomplices of such crimes uh, without consequences. We want accountability. And at a certain point, you'd think Germany could look back into their own history and see the similarities. Uh, uh, Namibian President Haig Geinkolb, who died earlier this month, said in January that Germany cannot morally express commitment to the United Nations Convention Against Genocide, including atonement for the genocide in in Namibia, whilst supporting the equivalent of a holocaust and genocide in Gaza. Uh, because they, they, Germany during World War II also caused some problems in Namibia. Famine has begun in Gaza. According to media reports, a two-month-old Palestinian boy has died from starvation in northern Gaza days after the United Nations warned of an explosion in child deaths due to Israel's war on Palestinians. The Shahab News Agency said Mahmoud Fatul, or Fatul, died at Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City on Friday. At least 30,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israel's war on Gaza, while 70,000 have been wounded since October 7th. The UN says 2.3 million people in Gaza are now on the brink of famine. Israel, which cut off all supplies of food, water, and fuel into Gaza at the start of the war, opened a one-entry point for humanitarian aid in December. But aid... Agencies say stringent checks by Israeli forces and protests by far-right demonstrators at the Karim Abu Salam crossing, known by Israel's as Karim Shalom, have hampered the entry of food trucks. Hungary's parliament has approved a bill to allow Sweden to join NATO. Bravo, bravo. Clearing the way for the Nordic country to join the alliance after years of delay. 
The vote, which took place in Budapest today, followed Friday's meeting between the Swedish Prime Minister, Ulf Kirstensen, and Hungarian, uh, his Hungarian counterpart, Viktor Orban, the far-right sociopath who loves Putin, uh, in which they agreed to put aside their differences, saying they were prepared to die for each other, just like star-crossed lovers. Gee, what a shock. The Chinese Commerce Ministry said today, that China firmly opposes the U.S. imposing sanctions on Chinese enterprises for Russian-related reasons. The ministry said in a statement on its website, China will take necessary measures to firmly safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of Chinese enterprises. The Biden administration on Friday announced new trade restrictions on 93 entities from Russia, China, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, Kyrgyzstan, India, and South Korea for supporting Russia's uh, war effort in Ukraine. I assume there's something on North Korea, but North Korea already has plenty of sanctions. Uh, the action includes eight entities from China. Tomorrow, Biden will convene the top four congressional leaders at the White House to press lawmakers on passing an emergency aid package for Ukraine and Israel, as well as averting a looming government shutdown next month. According to the White House official, of course, you know them. The top four leaders include House Speaker Mike Johnson, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, New York House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, uh, and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. During the meeting, the president will discuss the urgency of passing the aid package, which has bipartisan support, as well as legislation to keep the federal government operating through the end of September. Oh, yeah. There's that pesky funding the government thing. Yeah, we we got it. We forgot all about that, right? Uh, the ninety-five billion dollar aid package for Ukraine, Israel, as well as the Indo-Pacific cleared the Senate on a seventy to twenty-nine vote earlier this month. But Johnson went on vacation, put the House on vacation instead of forcing them to stay there and pass it. Johnson has been resistant to putting up the aid bill for a vote in the House. Separate from the national security package, the first tranche of government funding is due to expire Friday. The rest of the federal government, including agencies such as the Pentagon, Department of Homeland Security, and the State Department, expires on March 8th. Schumer sent a letter to Johnson yesterday. In it, he said that there was not yet an agreement to avoid a partial shutdown of agencies whose funding expires this week. That includes the Department of Transportation, Housing and Urban Housing and Urban Development, Agricultural and Veteran Affairs. And the letter he said, while we had hoped to have legislation ready this weekend that would give ample time for members to review the text, it is clear now that House Republicans need more time to sort themselves out. There's a little bit of a dig there, right? <laughs> the Senate major- uh, Majority Leader called on Johnson to step up to uh, once again. Uh, Buck, the extremist in his caucus, the far-right Freedom Caucus, of course, uh, and do the right thing by greenlighting funding to keep the government open. Johnson said Schumer's letter was counterproductive and said Democrats were pushing their own unrealistic policy demands. He is such a Johnson. You know what I'm saying. Johnson is such a Johnson. Uh, Johnson said in a statement, this is not a time for petty politics. Well, then stop being petty. Uh, House Republicans will continue to work in good faith and hope to reach an outcome as soon as possible, even as we continue to insist that our border security must be addressed immediately. In other words, fuck you and fuck Ukraine. 
Uh, the election in South Carolina wasn't the only one. Today, Belarusian authorities announced preliminary results from parliamentary and local elections in which only candidates loyal to the country's authoritarian leader were allowed to compete, and the opposition called for a boycott. It would be like if Trump said only Republicans who support him were legally allowed to run for office, and also only Democrats who support him would be allowed to run for office. As you might guess, with such restrictive rules for election, an autocrat like Lukashenko had his presidency reinforced. Uh, today, federal prosecutors in a uh, court hearing in Los Angeles will once again try to make the case that an ex-FBI informant who was accused of lying to investigators about President Biden and his son Hunter Biden's uh, business dealings should be detained pending trial. If you remember, Alexander Smirnov was charged with two counts that amounted to allegedly making up fake stories about the Bidens, namely that they were each paid $5 million by Ukrainian uh, uh, by a Ukrainian energy uh, company, Burisma, and uh, passing the false information along to FBI handlers for further investigation in 2020, which is why they're doing this ridiculous impeachment. Uh, uh, um, what is it? What is it? An impeachment... Uh, they're just checking to see if there should be an impeachment, but they're calling it an impeachment investigation or something. Uh, last week, Smirnoff uh, was briefly released from federal custody after a magistrate judge in Las Vegas said that certain conditions would permit his secure pretrial freedom despite his alleged ties to foreign intelligence services that made him a flight risk. But on Thursday, Smirnoff was taken back in federal custody and ordered to appear before the federal judge in Los Angeles, who will oversee his case following a request from prosecutors to reconsider the release order. <coughs> I need some coffee for this next story. I have to clear my throat. You'll understand why in a second. <clears throat> well, in a minute, you'll understand why. Are you ready? <clears throat> Remember that robocall in New Hampshire that used an AI Biden to tell people to wait and use their vote in November? Apparently, Democrats need to look to themselves. In a statement, Steve Kramer, a longtime Democratic political operative, has admitted he commissioned the robocall. In a statement, Steve Kramer said he resorted to easy-to-use online technology to mimic Biden's voice and send out the infamous automated call to 5,000 Democrats who were most likely to vote in primary. The robocall remains the subject of a law enforcement investigation. The U.S. government has since outlawed automated calls using AI-generated voices, saying they are a threat to democracy. Kramer's statement stopped short of saying that he had permission from his client at the time of the robocall. Who was his client? Representative Dean Phillips, who is a Democrat running against Biden in the primary. Representative Dean Phillips' presidential campaign acknowledged Sunday that he was behind the robocall that used an AI-generated voice of Biden to urge New Hampshire voters not to participate in the state's January 23rd primary. Kramer's statement also said the calls were generated using an artificial intelligence tool called Eleven Labs in less than a half hour. 
and were distributed by Texas-based company Life Corporation, though he said the company had no knowledge of the robocall's content. By the way, I've started using Eleven Labs for other reasons. Following the fake calls, the Federal Communications Commission announced it is seeking a seeking to make a seeking to make AI-generated robocalls illegal, and House Democrats proposed a bill that would double the potential fines for violations of U.S. robocall rules that involve the use of AI to impersonate people, presumably without their permission. Presumably without their permission. I'd like to make an Eleven Labs podcast and see if it works. Maybe this story is a trial and you don't know it. Reach out to me formally on Twitter. Was this part of my podcast, AI Generated? Ah, the Koch brothers. Uh, yeah, reach out to me on my podcast. Let me know if, I, if, if that was a AI Generated, that last story. Let me know. The Koch brothers, they made the political arm called Americans for Prosperity Action, a Republican conservative organization that claims liberal uh, liber- libertarianism. It really doesn't. It's more right, far-right Republicanism. Uh, <clears throat> uh, they were horrified by Trump's actions and refused to back him. Instead, they backed Nikki Haley. But no more. The decision by Americans for Prosperity action to pull the plug is another setback for Haley as she seeks the Republican nomination. She lost her home state of South Carolina on Saturday to Trump. She has vowed to fight on in an email to staff on Sunday. The AFP president and CEO said their backing would focus on key Senate and House races in November's election rather than on uh, Haley. Emily Seidel said she has made it clear that she will continue to fight and we wholeheartedly support her in this effort. But given the challenges in the primary states ahead, we don't believe any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path to victory. Uh, Olivia Perez uh, Cubas, a spokesperson for Haley, thanked AFP for their support and said $1 million, uh, $1 million had come uh, in since her defeat in South Carolina. We have plenty of fuel to keep going. We have a country to save. AFP had announced their endorsement and financial support in November when Miss Haley was trying to establish herself as the clear challenger to Trump because they saw him for what he was a danger to democracy. Uh, why even do this story about the danger, that danger to democracy? Why not just read exactly what Trump said at the Black Conservative Federation Gala in Columbia, South Carolina, and let you decide what to say about it? By the, by the way, the Black Conservative Federation Gala in Columbia, South Carolina had mostly white people. Just, just so you know, I saw the audience. It was pretty funny why they, I don't know why they called it that. Uh, anyway, why, why should I do the work and do the story? I'll just read what Trump said and you can think what you want. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there, but I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones. You see, that's how far I've come. That's how far we've come a long way. Uh, and then, you know, all them white people in the audience laughed. <laughs> he said, <clears throat> we've all seen the mugshot and you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population. 
It's incredible. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know, they do shirts and they sell them for $19 a piece. It's pretty amazing. I got indicted for nothing, for something that is nothing. They were doing it because it's election interference. And then I got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a lot of people said that that's why the black people like me because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against and they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. I, I guess he's saying that more blacks commit crimes so they understand Trump more. Then he said, black conservatives understand better than most that some of the greatest evils in our nation's history have come from corrupt systems that try to target and subjugate others to deny them their freedom and to deny them their rights. You understand that. I think that's why the black people are so much on my side now, because they see what's happening to me happens to them. I, you know, it's funny how he calls them the black people. <laughs> Face plants. Uh, yes, Donald Trump, you were born a you were born a poor black child and you've been repressed your entire life, making you exactly like blacks. And uh, uh, by the way, not true. None of these are like you because none of them had an insurrection. Anyway, he went on. He said, Joe Biden is a racist. Unlike racist Joe Biden, I've spent my entire life working hand in hand with black Americans to create jobs, build buildings, invest in our communities. I want to tell you a black worker is a great worker. You know what? I remember one point in, uh, back in February 2020, Housing Secretary Ben Carson said, uh, this is about black people who work for Trump. He said, you know, Talking to the people who drive the cars and park the cars at Mar-a-Lago, they love him. The people who wash the dishes love him because he's kind and compassionate. Oh, God. Oh, God, these people. They, they, they don't know how racist this sounds. I'm sure they don't want to be racist, but they don't understand what they're saying, why it's racist. That's the problem. A true racist doesn't understand why what he said is racist. Oh, well. Anyway. After seven years at the helm of the GOP, Rona McDaniel said in a statement that she will step down from her post as chair of the Republican National Committee on March 8th. McDaniel said that she would resign at the party's, at the party's uh, spring training meeting in Houston, Texas, so as to allow our, uh, as she said, allow our nominee to select a chair of their choosing. The RNC has historically undergone change once we have a nominee, and it has always been my intention to honor that tradition. Uh, McDaniel said, I remain committed to winning back the White House and electing Republicans up and down the ballot in November. Uh, Trump endorsed uh, current uh, North Carolina GOP chair and RNC uh, general counsel Michael Watley in early February to uh, replace McDaniel as the new chair of the RNC. He endorsed his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, to replace current RNC uh, co-chair Drew McKissick. Ah, nepotism. Uh, RNC uh, party rules mandate that the chair and co-chair must be of opposite sexes. Uh, Trump, uh, Trump also endorsed one of his senior advisors, Chris uh, Lasavita, for chief operating officer. 
There is no one currently serving in that role for the RNC. Uh, during remarks at his victory party in Colombia, Trump forecasted the election of Watley, a strong supporter of his baseless claim of the voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Trump said, looks to me like he's going to be going on to the National Republican Party. That's my kind of guy. He had hundreds of lawyers to make sure they didn't cheat and they didn't cheat in North Carolina during the 2020 election. When asked who she would endorse as chair of the RNC, Nikki Haley said, it wouldn't be a family member of a candidate. I would hope that the people in the RNC know that they have the responsibility to put in people in the RNC who are going to look out in the best interest of all of the Republican Party, not just one person. I, you know what? I, she said it wouldn't be family. I got something to say about that. I, I'll tell you in a second. Let me finish this first. On nepotism. Well, yeah, let's just go for it. On nepotism, I should mention. Ronna McDaniel is the niece of Utah Senator Mitt Romney. So there's a reason Trump doesn't like her, uh, because there is nepotism there. Uh, there's a concern, anyway, that Trump would use the RNC as a cash machine for his legal bills. Uh, draft resolutions have been circulating uh, to uh, Republican National Committee members, which, if approved, would prevent the organization from covering his legal fees and would prohibit the party from treating him as the presumptive presidential nominee until he secures the required majority of 1,215 delegates, which is likely to take several more weeks. It would happen at the convention, I would assume. Tomorrow is Michigan's primary, and Michiganders are wanting to send a message to Biden. The message? Stop being such a douche and supplying Israel with arms to commit genocide. That's the message. Uh, they have a huge Muslim pop, uh, population in Michigan. Uh, Michiganders in uh, the Democratic primary will be voting uncommitted to send that message. The message also says Biden will lose the key swing state. By the way, he barely won that state. Uh, all Trump has to do before the election is say he will end aid to Israel and he would win the election there. In Michigan, they are saying, ju just as I said here in very liberal Hollywood, Biden, you are losing people and have lost many people here in Michigan. Key voters, where you need every vote you can get. And unless you take a different approach, you will be handing the presidency back to Donald Trump and his white supremacist buddies. Uh, Biden, <clears throat> only won Michigan by 150,000 votes. The heart of the uncommitted campaign is in Michigan Arab and Muslim communities, but it's also resonating with young voters and people of color from a variety of religious and back or other backgrounds. Uh, supporters of the uncommitted effort agree it won't change Biden's expected primary victory, but they hope to prove that he needs their support to beat Trump, the leading GOP frontrunner, come the general election in November. Uh, the threat is what I've been saying for quite some time. It isn't that anti-war Democrats will vote for Trump. It's that they won't show up to vote at all. That's the problem. That's what you get pa have to get past. 
Uh, we talked about Florida's law last week to stop children from being allowed on social media. The U.S. Supreme Court is set to make a pivotal decision about the, what Americans can see on social media as it takes up two cases this week. Uh, today, the court will consider arguments on whether to give Texas and Florida significantly more control over social media platforms and their content, highlighting the central role that those services now play in modern American life. The question... Can these platforms decide for, uh, decide for themselves what content goes on their sites and what can be removed? The states want to keep Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and others from removing users' posts, potentially even ones that promote hate speech or eating disorders, lie to voters about elections and lie to voters about politicians, and more. But that push is running up against the First Amendment. Texas and Florida officials argue their laws imposing restrictions on content and moderation are constitutional because they seek to regulate social media platforms' business behavior, not their speech. But opponents, including NetChoice, an industry group suing to block both laws, say they infringe on the platform's own First Amendment rights and that their breadth could lead to vast unintended consequences. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go against Texas and Florida because of that slippery slope. Uh, they want to force platforms to allow lies and hate speech. Uh, today's Supreme Court sh uh, showdown in NetChoice versus Paxton. Uh, Paxton is the Attorney General for uh, Texas. And uh, Moody versus NetChoice will determine whether states can for forbid social media companies from blocking or removing user content that goes against platform rules. The state laws at issue also allow individuals to sue tech companies for alleged violations. Uh, that part, I think, is okay. I would sue YouTube. My very first podcast was on YouTube, and they took it down, even though everything I said was either true or came true. I was just telling what the Republicans were planning to do in the next two years, and I nailed it. Uh, the Florida and Texas laws are broadly written, written, but officials from both states say the laws will keep social media sites from unfairly silencing conservatives. Uh, social media platforms have insisted for years uh, that they don't discriminate against right-wing speech, and I agree, they don't. They discriminated, discriminated against left-wing speech, like mine. Uh, they did it with me, and they try to stop hate speech. They also do that. Florida's SB 7072 prohibits text platforms from suspending or banning the accounts of political candidates in the state with violations carrying steep possible fines of up to $250,000 per day. It also allows individual social media users to sue platforms if they believe they have been unfairly censored or deplatformed. I believe social media companies have free speech, and that would include suspending politicians. Uh, the Texas law, signed in 2021 by Governor Greg Abbott, makes it illegal for any large social media platform to block, ban, remove, deplatform, demonetize, uh, de deboost, restrict, deny equal access or visibility to or otherwise discriminate against expression. Like the Florida law, Texas HB 20 permits individual internet users to sue social media platforms for alleged violations. Uh, the tech industry argues that the laws violate the company's own First Amendment rights to decide what speech to welcome on their private platforms. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Florida's restrictions are substantially 
likely to violate the First Amendment because governments can't make social media platforms speak, even if through posts by third parties. The net choice cases reflect a deep divide in how many people see social media. Supporters of the state laws say social media should allow all speech without judging its message. Opponents say the platforms have the right to decide what content they display. Let's ask you, let me ask you this. Can you force a publishing company to print your book? No. Can you force a publishing company to remove Dr. Seuss? No, you can't do that. The fairness doctrine no longer exists also. I mean, as far as, you know, seeing both sides, it no longer exists. On August 4th, 1987, under FCC Chairman Dennis uh, Patrick, the FCC abolished the Fairness Doctrine by a four-to-nothing vote in the Syracuse Peace Council decision, which was upheld by a panel of the Appeals Court for the D.C. Circuit in February of 1989, stating that the intrusion by government in the content of programming occasion, uh, occasioned by the enforcement of the Fairness Doctrine restricts journalistic freedom of broadcasters. And how is this different? It actually inhibits the presentation of controversial issues and public importance to the detriment of the public and degradation of the editorial prerogative of broadcast journalists. At the four to nothing vote, Chairman Patrick said, we seek to extend to the electronic press the same First Amendment guarantee that the print media have enjoyed since our country's inception. On August 22, 2011, the FCC voted to remove the rule that implemented the Fairness Doctrine. So it's done. Hey, did you lose your AT&T cell service for a while on Thursday? Someone I know was uh, lost because her GPS wasn't working. She didn't know where to go. Uh, you know, anybody under 30 doesn't know how, how to drive anywhere without the help of a GPS. They couldn't go down the street to the 7-Eleven if they didn't have a GPS. Anyway, she probably drove around wasting gas for about an hour trying to figure it out. Because of the outage, the $120 billion company will issue a $5 credit to potentially impacted people. The company said late Saturday, we recognize the frustration this outage has caused and know we let many of our customers down. We understand this may have impacted their ability to connect with family, friends, and others. Small businesses, uh, business owners may have impacted, potentially disrupted an essential way they connect with customers. What? You mean frustration that 120 billion dollar company would offer a lousy five dollars for screwing their customers all day long is that what you're saying <laughs> anyway that's it thanks for listening monday february 26 2024 monday february 26 2024 man do i appreciate you so much bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow pvtv political views tv podcast that's what you google to find me i'll show up right at the top of the search you can uh, tweet to me or x to me questions insights or come fight with me at cyberclops c-y-b-e-r-c-l-o-p-s and remember Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.